we're trying to grow our, grow our talent, be more diverse, you know, so that we can serve our customers better. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast focused on blending research and practical advice to help today's HR, talent, and learning leaders improve business outcomes. Let's welcome your host, Ben Eubanks. Hey everyone, this is Ben Eubanks. Recently I had the chance to visit Oracle Open World, had a great time there and got to interview a few customers about some of the things they're doing around HR technology, HR strategy, HR transformation. All in all, it was a very fun set of conversations. And so over the next month or so, we'll be dropping an episode or two around that and hope you enjoy this very first one with Jim Rhodes from Emerson Electric. Today's episode is sponsored by People Strategy. From intuitive, hire to retire HR technology to comprehensive benefits consulting and HR services, People Strategy offers employers a single source for the tools and services necessary to attract, manage, and retain talent. They're a full service broker, and People Strategy works with clients to identify competitive benefits packages to meet the needs of their employees, the families, and their company's financial obligations. They also provide clients with a technology suite to simplify recruiting, hiring, onboarding, payroll, payroll tax, open enrollment, benefits, and more. One provider, one price. Let People Strategy help you develop your People Strategy. Hey, everybody. This has been Eubanks, host of We're Only Human. Good to have you here today. It's going to be a fun conversation. Um, we're going to talk about technology. We're going to talk about some interesting talent challenges, things like that. And today with me here in the beautiful Oracle Studios in San Francisco, we have Jim Rhodes. He's the VP of HRIS at Emerson Electric. Welcome, Jim. Hey, thank you. Glad to be here. Absolutely. So tell us a little about who you are, what you do. Well, who I am. So, uh, so I lead Emerson's global HRS and payroll operation. And uh, my job is to try to get all of our businesses together on one unified platform to, to really help drive the, the Emerson's, um, you know, one Emerson uh, people strategy uh, within the company. Excellent. So you're more than that. You mentioned a minute ago you're from Tennessee originally. That's right? true. Where That's are you based now? I'm based in St. Louis, Missouri. St. Louis. Yes. Visited St. Louis this summer with a family. It was so hot, but also so nice. We really enjoyed it. Well, it's also hot down south too, right? So. Uh, yes. Yes. That is the that is the nature of the game. Um, <laughs> something you maybe not don't miss as much now being up a little bit higher, a little bit higher in the country. So, one of the things I want to ask you about. Let's talk a little bit about what Emerson Electric does first, okay? Because that's Dang. despite almost everybody probably touching a product or touching something that Emerson's done, they probably don't. They might not know who they are or what you guys do. So tell us a little more about the business side of it before I ask uh, about some industry talent challenges, things like that. So, so we're, we're a global technology and engineering company that creates innovation solutions in the industrial, commercial, and residential space. And, uh, you know, we have 88,000 employees in, in over 80 countries, uh, you know, around the globe. We're an $18 billion, uh, you know, company. Mainly, you know, a lot in the oil and gas uh, space as well as the commercial and residential solution space with uh, – scroll technology and air conditioning and things like that. Okay. Awesome. So talk about some of the challenges that you see on the talent on the talent front, right? One of the things I'm always curious about is everybody hears everything kind of the big picture. Oh, it's it's hard to recruit people these days, things like that. But yeah. for example, one of the interviews that I had earlier we talked about their specific industry because they have technical trade trade jobs. I would imagine you have some of those same things or you have you're recruiting right. for engineers, which there's never enough of, it seems like. So talk about some of the, yeah. the talent challenges that you are seeing for your company or for your industry. 
Yeah, I mean, clearly tech, talent acquisition is is a big issue, right? And particularly for us, we are an, an older O-line manufacturing company. And so, uh, so as our executives continue to age, right, we, we are facing a, a talent gap, right? So we're trying to, gener uh, to identify and develop the next generation of leaders. Plus also trying to, to, to attract more minorities and, and females into, uh, into the engineering manufacturing space, right? That's not necessarily a very sexy business to be in, mm -hmm. but we're trying to uh, you know, grow, our, grow our talent, be more diverse, you know, so that we can serve our customers better. Yeah, one of the things that popped in my head, you said you know, 130 years old, the company probably has some, some great legacy, some great traditions and things, yeah. but it's also, you're, you're getting the pull of, we're having to be a little more modern, right? changing maybe the brand and the recruiting side, things like that, so an interesting space to be in, for sure. So one of the things I want to talk to you about is, you guys are using Oracle's cloud HCM products, um, I'm really curious, I hear from a lot of people that are looking to, to get a piece of technology, they say, hey, you know, we've, we've decided we need this, but now what? I'm not sure what the next step is. How do I get my leadership team on board? How do I build a business case? What sort of things are gonna matter and how can I build that, kind of build that case? Any advice for someone that's asking that question? Yeah, so, so you really do have to think through that, right? And, and, and for us, it, it was, it was kind of simple. So we had multiple enterprise HR systems, right? We were a very decentralized company over the majority of, uh, of, of the life of the company. And so we had a PeopleSoft instance that was serving a piece of the business. We had an Oracle eBusiness suite HR system serving a different segment of the business. Mm -hmm. And then we had the rest of the company own every uh, HR payroll application known to man, <laughs> right? So from a business standpoint, it doesn't take a rocket science to figure out it takes a lot of energy, a lot of money, and a lot of resources to manage all those disparate systems, mm -hmm. right? So the business case was, let's get everybody unified onto a common full suite application. You know, we'll be able to be more effective in, in, in supporting and uh, in, in developing the solution to better serve our customers, which are our employees, the next generation leaders, right, through the applicants that are coming in into the company, um, you know, so, that was really our, our biggest ROI. And plus, as we were transforming the company and realigning it into two business platforms, we created a one Emerson people strategy. Mm -hmm. And to be able to really support and align the HR strategy, you know, we needed a unified system to be able to do that, to, to be able to drive our talent management uh, you know, activities in the company. It's hard to say one Emerson when you have 18 different HR solutions in the back end trying to run all that, a right? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. One of the things that I hear from some companies that have made that transition, hey, we've, we've gotten away from the fragmented kind of tech stack to a single solution. One of the things that they're excited about is kind of having all their data in one place, right? Being able to see that picture accurately, yeah. one source of truth versus, okay, which, who we're gonna believe today about how many employees we have, or even like as simple as that. Um, I heard a story a few years ago about a, about a company that the CEO said, I realized we had a problem when I asked three different people and they told me th we had three different headcount numbers the exact same day. Like the accounting team told them one thing, the HR team told them something else, and so ha that's a simple example, right? But in the big picture, mm -hmm. being able to have all your data in one place allows you to make better talent decisions, allows you to be able to see the full picture, things like that. Absolutely, and you, and you must have talked to our CEO because that, <laughs> that was clearly a challenge that we had in the company. You know, by the time you rolled up the headcount numbers, they, they were already already stale and outdated, right? 
but but you're right. Analytics is 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 the uh, the thing that probably excites us the most. Now we're going to be able to to get insights into into our company and be able to respond to those in a more proactive uh, manner versus being more of a reactive HR organization. And uh, you know, and by doing that, having all the data in one place, by going with the full suite, uh, you know, HR system versus you know, trying to cobble up a bunch of best of breed solutions. You know, we're going to have all the data in one place. It's going to be real time, so you can go from, you know, taking an applicant that you've uh, made an offer to through the recruiting system, create them as an employee in the HR system instantaneously, real time, and be ready to start paying them and onboard them much faster. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things you said earlier, I don't want people listening to miss that connection. You said we were able to really align with the business strategy, right, by coming together on this this one Emerson piece. And I think that ties in there too, right? You said proactive HR, not just something bad happens, we'll come and help you, but we are we want to be in the mix because we're planning for what's next. We're trying to repair people. You mentioned the the early on the succession piece, right? Yep. Building bench strength and leadership side. So those things can't happen if you don't have a picture of where you are today and knowing where you're going from the from the HR side of the house. If you're just waiting for someone to call you and invite you to the meeting, you're you're gonna be late to the party every time. Absolutely. I mean you gotta be able to to do your strategic workforce planning, right? Be able to look ahead, see what's coming, you know, start to fill the pipeline with the right applicants for the right roles that you need and, and get them onboarded and developed quickly inside the organization. You know, if, if you're not aligned with the business, you're you're gonna be always being reactive and behind the eight ball every time every single time. Yeah. I wonder if that in the big picture, I think that's one reason HR kind of gets a bad rap sometimes is because they're always waiting for, they come in when something bad happens, you know, they might get called when that happens, but yeah. if you had been in the planning from the beginning, you could have prevented that, you could have helped mitigate that, the impact wouldn't have been as bad, like lots of potential outcomes, we can't yeah. see the future, we don't know all those scenarios, but I think for a lot of companies, having having the person in the mix that says, I'm going to think about how we can best use the most expensive resource our company has, how we can best align those with the direction we're going as a company, you're going to end up with better results in general. Yeah. Okay. Oh, take a breath for a second. All right. So transition just a little bit. I love that. I love the answer there. Some good, good piece of information. I want to talk about this, the decision, right? I am completely sure that you decided you wanted a new solution and you just snapped your fingers and it all happened because you made that decision, right? Probably I wish. Not. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. So that's another one. Again, this, these all come from questions I get a lot. And so I want to hear from someone that's actually been through this. When you, okay, we've got a need. I've identified a business case. I've got this together. Who needs to be in that decision, right? Does IT need to be in, need to be in, the, in the loop? If so, what sort of language do you speak to them so that they are excited about this change, right? Instead of feeling right. like, uh-oh, HR's up to something else again, right? How can we get them in the loop? How do we get the, the C-suite in the loop so that everyone feels like they're on the same page and you're all pulling in the same direction versus you coming to them with a solution and then crossing your fingers and hoping they're all going to be on the, on the same page? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, yeah, it's clearly not just, you know, just one set of people inside the organization. You know, for us, you know, it was a combination of HR, IT, and as well as, as senior management. You know, I mean, I mean, one, when you go from an on-premise solution to the cloud, security is, is, is a big concern, right? You want to make sure that you got an extremely sec secure solution. And, and while we think, you know, we were really good at, at securing our on-premise solutions, but at the end of the day, Oracle was better, better at it than we are, right? Mm -hmm. That's not the business that we're in, right? No. We're, we're in the business of producing product for our customers and getting those solutions to them fast. And, um, 
And so Oracle has built a, a business model around you know, the, the cloud, and they're able to secure that much more effectively and stay ahead of the bad actors than we'll ever we'll be able to do. Yes. So once we got beyond that, 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 was, that was actually huge, right? So you know, the IT really helps us identify the, the architecture and validate that the security model is where we need to be. From the HR space, you know, we really have to understand, uh, you know, what is it we're trying to achieve with our HR strategy and, uh, and, and what pieces of the solution do we need to get and get in place to be able to support and drive that in, a, in an effective, productive way and, uh, and, and achieve. And from senior management, it was like they were looking at the cost, right, managing all these disparate systems, and that just makes no sense. Plus, with that talent gap that we had, we needed to know who our talent was in all four corners of our global universe, right? And with those disparate systems, you didn't know who your employees were, who your next leaders were, how are you going to tap into them and make sure that they're, you know, developed and ready for, the, for their next, next assignment. Mm-hmm. You know, so that, you know, that was really kind of the really three big areas that, uh, that, that was involved in trying to make this decision happen. Awesome. And I love that. One of the things I'm always advising employers to do when they're trying to make this decision is you've got to talk to them in their language, right? You talked about IT security. Like you say security and they're, they perk up you know, like a, a dog that hears the dinner bell. They're, they're so excited to talk about that because that's the world they live in. That's the language they care about. If you went to your IT team and said, hey, let's talk about employee engagement, like, who cares, right? That doesn't matter to them in the big picture. Um, with your leadership team, I love that you said cost, ROI, like those things matter to them. Mm-hmm. You said the talent gap does because that actually impacts the business. You can't hire the right people. You can't deliver to your customers. All those things kind of feed together. But I love that that piece of it because this is validating for me to hear that, to hear that the advice is right on. So uh, I'm hearing some, some good things here. One last question, if you don't mind. Okay. What, what does the employee experience look like for those people that are using the product every day, whether they're getting paid, they're clocking in, they're whatever, the people that are actually using this as end users, because we talk a lot about what it's like for us, and I know your mm. world is much simplified. Probably your managers are happy you're not having to remember six logins or six different systems. Yeah. What are the employees at the other end of that that are that are seeing this? What's their experience like? Yeah, yeah. So, so we're, we're a bit on a journey, but that journey is looking much better. You know, before, you know, we had a learning system that was in a different application, different uh, user experience, different UI, uh, different independent uh, recruiting system, independent HR, maybe independent payroll. Now coming into full suite, it's a very consistent look and feel. Single sign-on with multi-factor authentication built in. So when an employee comes into the system, they know, we already know who they are, take them right into the system, and they have one dashboard to go everywhere they need to go whether it's to look for a, a new a career opportunity, whether to, t- to sign up or take uh, you know, training uh, through the application, update their address, enroll in their benefits, go see their online payslip, update their direct deposit information. It's all in one place. Before, they would have to take you know, hours. They'd go fill out a form, walk down to HR, turn it in. Someone keyed it in, you know, and, or they had to try to fi- meander their way through a bunch of different systems that had, you know, inconsistent, you know, user experience for them. So much better. Awesome, awesome, love that. But we talk about the single source of truth for us, like as, as yeah. the business leaders. But I think the single source of truth for them, it's it just simplifies everything, right? It, it's less of a hassle, it's less of a pain point. And usually, when they're trying to do something, 
as simple as changing an address or whatever else, it's already a hectic time anyway. They're not going there to change stuff because it's fun, but because it's necessary for their life to move on. Yeah. And so making it e as easy as you can, as consistent as you can, yeah. that's, it's the little things that make, make, it, make it great to work somewhere. Absolutely. Awesome. Anything else we didn't cover? I've grilled you pretty hard, but... <laughs> Yeah. You told me to because you're from Tennessee. I'm out. Yeah, I know. So I'm a volunteer, even though even though you don't know if you're a, you know, a roll tide or a, or war eagle. But football agnostic, always have been, always will be. But uh, awesome. This has been so much fun, Jim. I really appreciate you joining me. Hey, thank you, Ben. Absolutely. To everybody else, this has been We're Only Human, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to We're Only Human. Please take a moment to share this episode with another HR leader who might see it as a valuable resource in their daily work. For more information about the podcast and to see all our show archives, please visit upstarthr.com.